When it comes to choosing a cloud solution for your business, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Unfortunately, if companies switch to a cloud solution without being prepared, they can miss out on the full value, leaving certain needs unmet. I'm your host, Brian Fawcett, and this is IT Availability Now, the show that tells stories of business resilience from the people who keep the digital world available. Companies often decide far too quickly whether they should turn to a private or public cloud without fully understanding the benefits of each to their business. On this episode of IT Availability Now, Edwina Murphy, Lead Cloud Specialist at SunGuard AS, walks us through what companies need to consider when determining their path to the cloud, and common mistakes to avoid, and when it makes sense to choose private cloud over public cloud. Ed, thanks for joining us again. Thanks, Brian, and thanks for having me again. Yeah, so let's dive into this. Why are organizations so quick to move to the public cloud? Well, that's an interesting question, Brian. Um, yes, it does seem that when organizations seem to be adopting a cloud strategy, uh, it seems to be the first go-to area is public cloud. Um, and I think there's some common misconceptions uh, with market trends that public is strictly the way to go. So in some instances, things like security and resilience and skill sets um, and those requirements around compliance um, can mean that public cloud isn't necessarily uh, the best place for your environment to be deployed. So what should businesses then consider before blindly jumping into the cloud in general? So the most important thing to focus on is the business problem that you're trying to solve. Truly understand what it is you're trying to change and for who. You know, what is the win-win within your organization? Don't just compare the cost of, you know, deploying a new on-premise architecture with a public cloud architecture and a private cloud architecture to try and determine whether or not that's the right thing for your business. You know, so focus less on the technology and whether it's public or private and understand what you're trying to solve and for who, whether it's your customer, whether it's internal departments, whether it's to gain competitive edge, whatever it might be. And that makes a lot of sense. So what are some of the benefits of moving to the public cloud? So some of the benefits of moving to public cloud, you know, largely sit around innovation and the pace of change. Those two things really, you know, with the automation that can be built into it can really enable businesses to gain competitive edge. There's also advantages around cost optimization, particularly if they are seasonal um, workload requirements or you don't necessarily have a 24 business that you can really achieve some cost savings um, by just using the compute as and when you need it. Um, whereas in private cloud, then that's more static and that compute has to be available all the time for you. One of the other advantages as well is when it comes to centralization and standardizing um, your business strategies or your business processes. If you are a global organization or you know operating more than one region, then that ability to be able to deploy across regions really, really quickly can be extremely advantageous for your organization. And I think as well, if you want to, if you're looking at moving more into a platform as a service type scenario, then whilst you can still do platform as a service in private cloud, again, the number of services readily available as turnkey solution to you in public cloud uh, is far greater. And that innovation is only going to continue increasing. 
I also think from an analytics point of view, um, particularly when we look at security, whilst one is not inherently more secure than the other, the analytics within the public cloud arena will probably more than likely identify threats and changes in behaviours much more quickly, uh, which will enable businesses to respond potentially faster in the future to any kind of security issues. And then on the contrary of those benefits, what are some of the pitfalls of moving to the public cloud? So some of those pitfalls can certainly be around technology lock-in, Brian, as you move into platform as a service. You need to be very, very confident and comfortable with the partner that you are selecting, as the more you go into this route, the harder it is to move. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges with it. Some of the other pitfalls tend to be around cost, and that ties into the lack of skill sets. For some organizations, they take a lift and shift approach. And in that scenario, if they're doing that and everything's running 24-7 and they've not optimized and they're not developing into cloud native services, then the costs are going to be pretty significant, most definitely. And actually, the pace of change can also be a pitfall as well as a plus, because again, back to the skill sets, if you do not have those skill sets and cannot keep up with that pace of change, even though it's readily coming down the line from the hyperscaler, you may not be able to yield the advantages uh, of cloud for your organization because it's just too much to keep up with. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like public cloud isn't always the best or, or only solution for businesses. Can, can you give some examples of when private cloud may be a, a better option? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for organizations where their needs are not that sophisticated, you know, um, the, the skill set required to try and deploy public cloud, probably even, even if they were to onboard those skills, um, is, is not really going to yield any benefits. Um, a lot of people are a lot more familiar with private cloud. So again, depending on what it is you're trying to achieve, if you're trying to, you know, if, if your time to market is particularly, um, you know, important to you, you might have a new project come in, it might be a new contract you're trying to deliver against, then again, consider that. Consider how much easier it would be potentially to do a private cloud because as we know, the skill sets are out there much more uh, readily uh, available and lots of organizations have it. I think if those workloads are static and there is no need for transformation, then again, it probably would be best suited to private cloud. Um, if they're static, they're going to need to be on 24-7 and therefore wouldn't benefit from the, the burst capability within the hyperscaler, which would cost more if those machines are on all the time. So, you know, obviously, as with everything, it's, it's uh, a case-by-case -case basis. I think for some organizations as well, what are their customers' compliance and regulatory needs? So, you know, I've worked with some ISVs, so, you know, some of the software vendors where they have historic contracts that might have been in place 10 years. Um, and 10 years ago from where we are today in public cloud, the data was not allowed to sit there. So again, how much work does that organization have to go under to potentially even consider using public cloud because of those contractual arrangements they have with their customers. That's a big piece of work to change all of that. And, you know, do, does that investment, uh, is that going to pay off for them? I think if customers are looking for active passive deployments for production and DR, um, then sometimes private cloud can also be a, a good 
logical fit because in public cloud, uh, it works very different. Um, of course, you can make it resilient and, uh, and you can have your recoverability, but that does come at a price again. Uh, and, you know, you have to make sure the resilience and the security is built in by design. And that's where some of the pitfalls are. Whereas that's kind of a little bit more standardized uh, in private cloud uh, as a turnkey solution for you. So active passive is kind of what you're looking for then potentially there. Uh, and again, back to the skill sets point, if that's where you've got your skill sets and that's what's going to, and, and it's going to deliver the business outcomes, don't worry too much about the technology and what technology you should be uh, choosing. Just focus on that kind of uh, business outcome. Uh, and, and another scenario is if a customer's considered on building out their own uh, cloud, then uh, again, a private cloud can be a, a quicker, quicker route to market. So that's all really helpful. So you've gone through benefits and, and pitfalls of, of public versus private cloud. So when an organization is now determining private over a public cloud or, and or even a, a hybrid approach, what are the most important questions they should be asking? So I think as an organization evaluates the right cloud for their business, um, there are definitely some really, really key questions to consider in every scenario. And it, and it all comes down to the applications and the workload, and we know that. But what do we actually mean when we say the applications and the workload when they should be thinking about it? So some of the things that you need to consider across those environments is how sensitive to latency is the application. You know, there are some applications that must respond within a defined time frame to meet an end user expectations. Um, and, you know, in some cases, private or pub, a hybrid clouds might be preferred where the organization control the location of their users and data centers and the way the connection the, or the connections between them. The other thing is probably around, you know, your application needs to meet SLA performance monitoring. Uh, and things like that, so that when your organization requires a specific level of performance to consistently remain within thresholds, um, sometimes a private cloud or a managed service infrastructure can provide that reliable, detailed, visible performance monitoring and alerts. Um, something else um, is really important is the elasticity of the applications, you know, so enabling that elasticity to alleviate both capacity and short-term compute constraints. So this is where, you know, that the public cloud will provide that mature elasticity. Um, and whilst private cloud can also do it, it depends on how much you want to dynamically scale within that architecture to ensure a good customer experience. I'd also consider, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier about um, the contracts, um, you know, with the end users, but, um, you know, also what, what your business practices allow you to host um, in terms of your critical applications, you know, that, that regulatory and compliance and security um, aspects really needs to be fundamentally understood and make sure that there aren't any gotchas um, down there around, you know, your IP how you handle the policies for sensitive information within those environments and so on and so forth. And that, again, loops back into the skill sets um, because, you know, some are less trans some skill sets are less transferable from private into public. So um, understanding that is a, a good uh, consideration. And to what extent do your applications depend upon other applications? You know, few enterprise workloads are standalone. And many have multiple components and can often integrate with critical uh, organizational applications. 
So some might not have open APIs, making it challenging or impractical to integrate with new systems, for example. Or it could just simply quite be cost prohibitive to replace, migrate or modify those applications without addressing the dependencies. And again, it's understanding those costs and what the value um, is. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding what you want to achieve, what is important to those key stakeholders. So again, back at what I said at the top of the call. Um, and, and when you understand that, then you can focus on the, those other questions around the, uh, the kind of technology, the, those interdependencies um, that you might have around integration, latency concerns, security requirements, and so on and so forth. That's great uh, points to consider there. And any last advice you can offer uh, for companies uh, as they make their cloud journey smoother? Yes, and uh, and it's something I always advise people to do, and it really is simple um, in terms of, you know, the cloud strategy. Most times I ask for a copy of it. Nobody has it written down. There's, 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 there isn't tangible businesses' benefits supporting what is this cloud-first strategy because as we continue to go into this hybrid world uh, and we have the benefit of the portability across the various uh, platforms, um, you don't you don't have to be all cloud, you know, to achieve those business outcomes. So understand what it is you really are truly expecting to change and make a difference to your organisation. If you don't understand the wins you're going to get, then you can't determine the right questions to ask. Um, so that would be my advice. Just make sure it's written down. If if the approach is you know, we've got a cloud-first strategy and you ask why and they say that's the way the market's going, then it's not really a strategy. You know, it's more of a, a, a sort of strap line uh, and that will not enable you to get the most out of cloud. Fantastic advice. So when choosing a cloud solution for your business, it's important to understand what your business goals are. And cloud is more about a business strategy than technology. And making this distinction is key to optimizing your cloud journey and recognizing the full value. Ed, thanks for walking us through this today. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks very much for having me. Edwina Murphy is Lead Cloud Specialist at SunGuard Availability Services. You can find the show notes for this episode at sunguardas.com slash itavailabilitynow. And please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to get new episodes as soon as they're available. IT Availability Now is a production of SunGuard Availability Services. I'm your host, Brian Fawcett. And until next time, stay available.